The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Diamonds on my teeth, I got a lot of shine. Running up the number, that's a lot of crime. Try to take it from me, must be out your mind. I'm deep, got a slime. Smokey in the air, that's a lot of crime. Welcome to episode 200 of 4th and John. I am Gail Saunders here with Evan Hollywood Hearn, Chris Malley, and Jimmy Smith in the building. And we're talking the NFL draft class for the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles 2021 draft class. Uh, cue music. Do, 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 do. Don't get a yes. flag now. Uh, uh, you know, you, you feel like a proud parent. Uh, you're welcoming these new, new dudes to the nest. Uh, we got a mixed array of uh, talented players, maybe some role players, some skill players, some leaders of men, a lot, a lot of uh, captains in the building. But overall, after sleeping on, uh, you know, have, we 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 did go live for twenty close to twenty hours. Uh, I had to revisit. I had to revisit the draft class, and I'm I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling all right. I, I'm 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 not really feeling about the. I'm not really feeling. Uh, you know the grades. Like, are we really grading these guys? I mean, I say eighty-five, eighty-five percent of the people of Eagle fans have not jumped into the film to really diagnose some of these players. So, before you give the grades, go back and watch the film. So, I mean, right off the bat, how are you guys feeling? Are you, did, you get, did you get some sleep? I got. I'm well rested, man. I'm well rested. I uh, ended up getting some sleep after the draft. There was a lot of absorption, a lot of soaking it all in after it happened. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, during the draft, when we were all watching it happen, I was uh, I was confused with the rest of the Eagles fan base. I wasn't exactly sure of what the focus was, what the scope of what we were actually doing, what the plan was. Uh, all in all, though, I uh, I was pleasantly surprised by the end of the third day. I'm not gonna sit here and say that we absolutely killed this draft. I'm not saying that by any means but i think that we did a decent job i think uh how did a much better job than we're prone to him doing and uh, i'm excited for pretty much all these guys that we ended up adding to the roster i'm excited i think that there's a lot of guys days two and three even that could uh come in and contribute and uh, we could see them next year i agree with you a little excitement uh absorbing it uh taking it all in I understand um, there's some people upset about things. And, you know, I, I was a little upset when we passed on JOK myself, Aaron Robinson. There were a lot of names out there that we liked. But I think um, what I myself was doing and a lot of people out there, we were kind of looking at the positions of need. We said, you know, you got to go best player available, but you're looking at the glaring need at linebacker and corner. So a lot of guys we liked, Jabril Cox in the third. There's so many names we could go through. Uh, but the Eagles – went ahead and stuck with their board. Um, I think they did a really good job, uh, everybody, not just Howie. And I think, you know, when you look at the draft as a whole, they did a damn good job of making sure we're retooling for the future. But we stocked up on picks for next year. We got a first and a fifth. Um, and the guys we got this year, 
all high character guys. Six out of nine of them were team captains. We got leaders, um, and even some of the undrafted free agents are team captains. We're looking for high character guys, high IQ. Uh, I like the direction that this team is headed. Uh, you guys know I love Nick Sirianni, so I'm feeling pretty damn good about the draft and liking some of these undrafted free agents we're going to talk about. Yeah, first things first, thank you to everyone in the chat for the last couple of days for uh, lightening the mood, uh, staying along for the ride, and um, overall, just, just being very knowledgeable Eagles fans. I mean, that's what it's all about. We try to bring everyone together, and we really appreciate that. And you guys uh, stopping on Sunday night at 821 uh, for being in the chat as well. And we're going to go over all the draft the all the all draft classes, um, and we're going to talk about some of the other draft picks from the NFC East. But uh, all in all, though, I feel really good. I feel like Harry Roseman really encapsulated the whole message about the season. Not saying that the season is a wash, but this draft class is really um, like a two- to four-year plan. Uh, does he have that long? We'll see. But uh, right off the bat, getting Devonta Smith was awesome. And then you see the guys – like I see the vision on offense 100%. Uh, they're going to trust Sirianni and the coaching and development team. And I can see that uh, it's not like we're getting uh, a bunch of like um, Clayton Thorson's and Donald Pumphreys. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell's a baller and I'm really excited about him. He's one of the highest value picks that we got, um, but we'll get into those guys later. And the UDFA is the undrafted free agents. I'm really excited about that. Uh, Gail, AJ and I were down at the se uh, senior bowl watching the film. Um, uh, Trevor Grimes from Florida is one of the guys that was uh, putting up a lot of great uh, plays and clips the entire weekend. So really excited to have him on the team and we'll get into it more in depth, but I uh, think, thank you guys again for tuning in. Uh, what's up, AJ? I mean, how, how are you feeling? Did you get to sleep on, uh, you, you, did you sleep on your feelings? Cause I know on draft day, you might've felt a certain way. Um, uh, first of all, I want to say, I'm sorry that JC Horn is gone. Mm. Uh, another one of your guys, uh, Izzy McQuamo got drafted by the Cowboys. Mm. Yep. Uh, so uh, how are you feeling, man? Um, so, uh, we, when we were first on the chat talking about, um, JC Horn, um, I, I said it right then and there that he was going to go to the Panthers. Um, I was hearing that, uh, Matt rule loved him, loved his aggression, physicality. So I knew that was happening. So I kind of wasn't letting my hopes up. Um, as soon as Sertan went off the board to Denver, I automatically knew that, uh, they were gonna get Devontae Smith. Like in my head, I was thinking like how he's not how he's not gonna not get Devontae Smith because of the whole if they're building around Hurts, it's gonna happen. So that's just how I felt about that. Um Izzy McQuamu is still my guy, but I don't know about that. That's not I don't know about that, that anymore, man. It's it's, <laughs> it's brutal, man. It's it stinks. <laughs> I mean Jabril Cox is a cowboy. Come on now. Yeah. Come on. Brandon Knox got to go to the Cowboys. He got his wish. Uh, yeah. 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 Talk, talk to Prospect alum. I'll remember <laughs> you, man. Brandon Knox. You, you, uh, I remember uh, you were saying that if, if you get drafted by the Eagles, would you come back yeah. for he was like, would you come back for interviews? He was like, yeah, maybe. I was like, yeah, I'm not really feeling <laughs> I literally, that. Gail, if I didn't love you, I literally was almost about to be like, Cowboys suck right at the end. And I was like, ah, I can't do that. I got to be professional. Well, at least, at least, at least he got drafted. So, uh, or, yeah, I mean, so, as a UDFA. Um, yep. But overall. Nice hat selection, uh, AJ, by the way. My man. But um, Look at us. Just need some flyers in here. And we're... As soon as I saw the Eagles draft Teron Jackson, I started going nuts because that's my guy. I've been hey, I've man. been talking 
I've been talking on and off with him on Twitter. I think I had you on my show. Yep, Mm -hmm. and I got you to bring him up uh, because I'm a huge fan myself. That's Uh, great, dude. Chris, we're losing it. You should have been on the show, dude. We were weird like that one. Yeah, him and Dean, well, we're going nuts. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's start looking at this draft class here uh, again, um, the, the 2021 draft class. Uh, I, I feel a little sentimental looking at these guys. I'm like, all right, because uh, they hold promise. They hold future. Uh, they are the children. Let them lead the way. Let them show all the beauty they possess inside. That's a little, <laughs> wit- that's a little Whitney Houston for you uh, uncultured swine. Uh, let's go with Devontae Smith, uh, a guy who is um, uh, near and dear to all our hearts because we've been looking for a wide receiver one for a long time, consistent at the catch point, dominating the SEC, dominating all college, fo- college football at 166. Uh, either way, you slice it. Uh, I-, I think the fan base was excited. Can we all uh, give, her- give her feels on uh, Devontae Smith as the, the first pick? Uh, of the uh, 2021 draft for the Eagles. I, I It was about the most exciting pick that I've had in years, if I could be completely honest. Uh, that was not just this draft, but in years. Um, I think they knocked this one out of the park in the first round. Uh, Devontae Smith is a guy that there's really nothing you can complain about with him aside from his weight. The dude is a technician in route running. Uh, the way that he is able to go up and get the ball at his size uh, is insane. His oh, sideline awareness. I've seen so much Devontae toe tapping going on, and he's been practicing getting that second foot in. For a long time now, he's he's all about. Uh, he's a pro. He's he's absolutely a pro. He's going to wreck this league. I truly think, and uh, I hope Jalen Hurts is the guy that can uh, help him become, become a pro bowler. Man, I mean, look at that toe drag swag. Um, any 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 wide receiver has that mental uh, IQ to get two the feet. two feet down. And in college, you only need one. So he's. He's already above, uh, above the uh, uh, curve there. Uh, yeah, well, Chris, I, kn- I know you're you're fired up. I mean, we did a talk to prospect on where yep. you were fired up. That was the first thing I was gonna say. I mean, we did. We've been talking about this kid for years, not months, years. Like ever since last year when he came on the scene, um, we've been like discussing him, saying like, could you imagine if the Eagles finally, like, not just for Jalen Hurts, like just for the franchise quarterback in general. They got the best on paper out of college receiver in franchise history, probably, because this is a guy that just won a Heisman. And on top of that, he had the most prolific season ever in the SEC. I'm, and the thing with him is you got a high quality off the field guy. He is insanely talented on the field. He No one can cover him. They bracketed him. They doubled him. Nothing worked. He's a uh, quarterback's best friend. He's the smartest wide receiver in the draft. And on top of that, he can high point, get two feet in. And he just, he's a prolific route runner. And there's, there's just so many good things you can say about him. And I don't want to dwell on it, but it's really exciting to see them actually getting the quarterback some immediate help. And a guy that is a former teammate and a guy that the city's going to embrace. He's the hardest worker. He gives 150%. And if you want to win the fan base over, that's exactly what you got to do. And that's exactly who you have to be. Uh, definitely. Uh, we talked about, you know, going after a weapon in this draft. Even when, we, you know, we're at six. We had high hopes for a lot of these weapons. Uh, we talked about what that would do for this offense, not, you know, just for Jalen Hurts, but the run game in Miles Sanders and then the other receivers in Rager and Fulgham and Ward, whoever, Goddard. Look, 
this was an amazing pick. Uh, and the way he did it, people were furious that we traded out of that sixth pick. And I kept trying to explain that, you know, we might move back into the top 10 just to, you know, get one of these weapons. And it was, why would you do that? Well, that's if you only give up way less than what you gained. We still have that first round pick next year, guys. Uh, I mean, how we fleece some people and we still got Devontae Smith. I remember last year uh, I started bringing up Devontae Smith because everybody was so high on Jamar Chase. And then when the season ended, I brought up the tapes again and I was like, look, everybody's freaking out. Let's keep in mind Devontae Smith is pretty good because if we don't get Jamar Chase, this guy's awesome. So I got to write that article. Check it out on 4th and John about Devontae Smith in January. Some people felt a certain way. You know, he sucks. Whatever they were saying. The guy wins the Heisman right after that. So it's like uh, he doesn't suck at all. And if anything, it's amazing. Since the 90s, nobody's won the Heisman at wide receiver. He did that. And he, like Chris just said, broke all kinds of SEC records. This guy's playing against top talent. He's a true wide receiver one. He's an X. I don't care. He wins one-on-ones. He's got the footwork, the hips, the hands, all of it. I'm excited as hell. I love it. Yeah, as do I. And as you brought up with Howie, it's it, – I was one of the ones who was mad about it at first because you go up and you're there at six and you can potentially get a pits or you can get a chase. Well, now Howie's looking like a genius because they went four or five. Yeah. And then you get a first rounder next year for it. So it's mm-hmm. it's just a smart move. Um I'm super high on Smith. He opens the field up for every single person on that field. Because they're they're you know most people are gonna think that we're not gonna be that great of an offense this year because of Hertz, young team, young coach. But with a dynamic route runner like Smith, it's gonna leave a lot of people open, which could be a very explosive, very explosive offense. And I'm really, really excited to see what can happen with Sirianni, who kind of feeds the ball to everybody. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the, the overall the, the offense will be a lot more, uh, you know, I think things are going to open up a little bit more when you have a guy like uh, Devonta Smith, like stressing defenses. I mean, you talk about, you, you know, you talk about X, I think you can move them all over the field. I mean, you think about, you know, the thing about wide receivers, um, especially rookie wide receivers and not knowing how to uh, be cross-trained and like they're, they're, they're learning one position, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's the kind of guy who from day one, he's, he's his, his, his IQ is like already uh, top notch. I feel like he's just going to slide right in. I think it's, it's going to elevate the, the, the mental of the group. Um, I'm hoping they they come together as a unit. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. not all not all wide receivers come together. Some some are like, "Yo, man, you're about to steal my sh- my shine over here." Or they could either be like, "Brotherhood, let's do this." Um, I, I can't wait to see it. Um, I th- but you I th- know, I th- well, that's one thing that Devontae Smith talked about in one of his interviews that um, him and Waddle would go back and forth with a certain play call for them or the other one. And he'd be like, rock, paper, scissors, you got it. Rock, paper, scissors, you got this one. Then rock, you got that. So that going along what you were saying, that kind so of telling. kind of feeds right into it. Yeah, that was I, so I, telling when he brought up rock, paper, scissors. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry, Ab. 
No, I just wanted to say the point that like I just think it's so exciting to have a wider or a player, a player that they're not trying to sell me on just versatility. There's so many players I feel like we end up drafting where like he they could play multiple positions. Uh I'm thinking of a guy like uh Jay Jaw. When we originally drafted him, we talked about his versatility. Uh, they talked about his versatility, whether he could play outside, he could play the slot. Um, and it's he was more of a, a jack of all trades, master of none. We really haven't even seen his his full potential in any one of those positions yet. But like Devontae Smith, him being as intelligent as he is, and when the explosiveness and his playability just jumps off the page uh, at you the way that it does, I mean, it's just like apples to oranges when you look at it. Like, that's a legit wide receiver. That is a guy that can actually play all those positions and get the ball in the end zone no matter where you put him on the field. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Jerome says here, you know, this is exactly what we were talking about with Devontae or even if it was Jamar Chase. You know, you put another stud in this offense who can move around, who is versatile. The same as Reger is, you know, can move in the slot, can be a Z, can, you know, be in motion all the time, get those end arounds. Now a defense is wondering what the, what are they doing here? What's this, you know, you got to key in on so many people now. Like AJ just said, uh, and we've been talking about, this is probably going to be a pretty explosive offense, and I don't think people are ready for you know what's in store. Yes. Get ready to, yeah, that. <laughs> the Slim Reaper, baby. Yeah, this, the Slim Reaper. Hey, you know, some people didn't like that one, but I, I was looking for Slim Frame. That could be a new touchdown dance. Hey, man. Uh, but, you know, we're not, we're not talking a slim guy. I mean, this guy is uh, – when you buy clothes, if there's like he was a kid, you look for Husky uh, <laughs> times 10 because this brother is uh, as Husky as they come in. This guy, is the, he, he's probably like a if you wanted to get a bouncer for the rest of your life or a security guard to follow you around. This this dude right here, Big Landon Dickerson, 6'6", 333 pounds of uh, uh this guy, this guy, just lots of lots of fun on the football field. Uh, when he, I'm sitting here watching tape of him. I fell asleep watching Landon Dickerson tape. I'm like, wake. I woke up at the, like four, five o'clock in the morning. Just, I'm just like, what am I doing? Let's turn the TV <laughs> off here. It's just really weird. But he's like pancaking dudes, like for fun, and he's looking for the fight. You know, like if there's a rumble going on, there's either one guy standing on the outside, or there's there's a guy like Landon Dickerson who is looking for all of the smoke. <laughs> because you better bring syrup because he's bringing the pancakes. <laughs> Are you guys excited about Leonard Dickinson? I know. I mean, the injury thing, obviously, uh, we, I said it on a show. I said he would be a potential target if Stoutland gave all full clearances on this, clearances and go. And if he feels a certain way about him, who am I to say? It's not a it's not a great pick. I mean, it's it's a solid pick. I had him in a first round grade if he was healthy, but not. He's a second round grade, and he got drafted. It just sucks that we're not going to see him right away. I think we we all got hung up on the injury thing, uh, myself included. I mean, we we saw we like it's like a long ass rap sheet of injuries. Then you go back and look at it. Uh, the two ACLs, the two season ending uh, ankle injuries. I get that. There's a lot of baggage that comes with Landon Dickerson, but when you look at his ability and his strength, his raw strength, I saw another uh, a baldy breakdown where he's pushing someone through the back of the end zone. Uh, like the play is over. It's it's like the play is 20, 20 feet away, and uh, Landon Dickerson is still playing to the whistle, pushing someone all the way to the back of the end zone. The dude just loves to win uh, one-on-one competitions. That's what I love about him. 
Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think he's an excellent prospect. I just hope that uh, he's able to see the field consistently. Dickerson's Decletions is what it was called. Dickerson's Decletions, yes. Yeah. Um, I've been on the Dickerson train since about November. Um, yeah, you go all through my Twitter timeline. I'm Dickerson's the best, uh, one of my favorite O line prospects. He's he's nasty. He's got that grit. He's got that alpha dog in him. He like like Hearn said, he wants to win every battle. If he mm-hmm. loses, he's gonna still make you feel him. Um, mm-hmm. The injury concern, I mean, the injury history is a concern, but at the same time, you could have no injury history and still get injured tomorrow. So you never know. Um, in this sport. So you, you go, you basically take the best player available. And in my opinion right there is Landerson, uh, Landon Dickerson. Yeah. He's a top 20 talent. If he's, you know, doesn't have that medical history. The guy is a beast. You talk about bringing the syrup, dude, this man can plow people over and Jason Kelsey isn't getting any younger. We were surprised he came back this year. So if you're talking about a guy, maybe retiring, yeah, you kind of want to add some depth there. So, we talked about adding offensive line. We didn't talk about it on day two too much, the fans, that is, because, you know, they didn't want to believe it. Uh, that morning, you know, made a show, brought up Landon Dickerson. Nobody wanted to hear it. Oh, don't you dare. We need a linebacker corner. And it's like, I feel the same way. I totally am with you guys. I totally feel that way. But as a football team, they're looking toward the future. This, we're not one player away from winning the Super Bowl here, guys. We're retooling so we can win multiple Super Bowls. So a guy like Landon Dickerson, number 69 in the center, I love it, dude. And I think it was a fantastic pick. I I think it's a blessing in disguise that he's not going to start this year. You know, everybody's upset about it, but it's like, yeah, sure, maybe he competes with Sam Oliver or whatever people want to think. But if he does have that injury history, what if he gets to just sit out a year, get healthy, and learn from some of the best linemen I've ever watched? Uh, I think that's great. Yeah, the uh, thing, the thing about you, I was just going to bring up the stat real quick. I mean, he's got 20 starts in the, at, at center. He's got 11 starts at right guard, four starts at left guard, one start at left tackle, one start at right uh, right tackle. So talk about that versatility that you like, but go ahead, Chris. Yeah. The thing with Landon Dickerson, um, it, think about uh, everyone loves watching Quentin Nelson, uh, like highlight videos. That dude is a monster. That's what you're getting with Landon Dickerson when he's healthy. He is the best offensive lineman in the draft next to Panay Sewell. He was a guy that was doing it every single down at Alabama. Uh, Najee Harris would just put his hand on his back and say, big boy, take me to the promised land. I mean, Landon Dickerson's awesome, and he's a guy that you can really – he's a leader. He's a guy that you can really just buy into as a player, and the line will love that. He does not stop. Even until the whistle is blown, uh, he can help the run game. He can help in the pass game. Uh, and it just stinks that uh, he has all these injuries. But even with all the injuries, you see all these videos of him working out and doing like all these like crazy sh- like splits and stretches and everything. He's just like a freak athlete. And the injuries are really unfortunate. But let's see what happens. The whole thing is you do have to consider the injuries. The team 100% did. They addressed that. But when you get to the 37th pick and a guy that's a top 15, 10, like top 10, 15 value is there, and you know that you're not going to be competing for a Super Bowl this year, you take it, especially when the strength, the weakness of your team the last couple of years has been injuries to the line, but your strength of the team is the line. Uh, I, I believe that the entire um, record of the Eagles is dependent on the health of the line. 
And it's it, it's frustrating that we have all these uh, quote unquote injury prone guys, but when they are healthy, they're some of the best in the league. So let's see what's going to happen. And the big thing is, do I trust the medical staff completely? No. But Jeff Statlin, who's from Alabama, you know that he was getting key intel about Landon Dickerson and hearing all about him off the field, on the field, and especially in the training room. So they knew what they were doing with this pick. And it was just frustrating because this is a guy that you might not see play a lot this year, but this is a guy that you could be cheering on at the link for years to come and a guy that could be paving the way for the final drive in a Super Bowl uh, in the future. Like that, He's that good, and it's someone that you should get excited for. I think that this was a huge Stoutland input pick because yep. I was reading on the timeline today that um, he uh, Dickerson was like one of Stoutland's favorite prospects coming out of college in his career. Bama boy. Yep. Well, yeah, he said that. He was yeah. like, I love, uh, you know, Jeff Stoutland. He talked to him before mm-hmm. the draft. During, I mean, he was so excited listening to his phone call. was so cool. I oh, just love when he said to Sirianni about, you still mad? I beat you in rock, paper, scissors, huh? Yep. Like, I was like, yo, dude, like, that's the kind of guy I want to see on a podium in a mummer's outfit. Like, that's what I'm I talking I mean, just, just seeing the dude before the draft doing cartwheels behind yeah, Matt man. Jones in an interview, like, that's as Philly as it gets. Yep. Just joking around, being exactly. a fun guy. That's what most Philly guys – are like, you know what I mean? So I think he'll fit even not even just on the football field, just in the locker room. So, well, mm-hmm. uh, now, uh, going back to, uh, Brandon 98 here, uh, he has two questions for us. He says, one, do you think with how he, uh, how he drafted this year, helped himself keep his job for another year? Yes, <laughs> I think he's, I think he's in the driver's seat. You, um, you know, my opinion on that cruise control, baby. This guy's he got he cruise control. He stacked how, how up the pick uh, for next year for on purpose. How he's unkillable. Uh, Chris says, if the Eagles were coming off a Super Bowl year playoff run, I'm okay with the Dickerson in the second, but they were four and tall. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, like some people chalk this up as a, the re, retool year. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he's talking about retooling the, the, the trenches. That's how they won the championships. They did. They had one of the most dominant offensive lines, had one of the most dominant defensive lines. You're talking about too deep at every mm-hmm. position, and they muscled the hell out of the whole league. Uh, it had a ground and pound running game. Uh, they could take shots downfield. They were versatile, and the team liked each other. That was a great. That was a great time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if we're talking about uh, Eagle fans not really liking a pick. Uh, we could talk about. Um, I mean, the, his value was around this part of the uh, draft. Uh, a lot of draft junkies were saying they love this pick. Um, I know Fran definitely was high on it. He wanted the pick when when, when, it, was, when it was made. Uh, uh, Milton Williams, um, this guy, 6'3", 284 out of um, L.A. Tech, Louisiana Tech. Uh, he, from an athletic profile, like, dude, dude uh, we're talking about a, a guy who ran a 4.63 um, at, his, at his size. Uh, that's that's impressive, but I, I think um, you know if, in terms of uh, adding another tool to to the shed. Ho- hopefully, he's a guy that can develop right behind uh, Fletcher Cox and and a guy who, if he's in like a Malik Jackson type role where he can you know rotate uh, go inside outside, um, you might like to see that. But I mean, overall, like I just feel like some people just thought there was other potential players to be had you know every was that argument actually over aaron robinson and them wanting a corner uh that would have been that would have been nice a guy who who's got 
inside outside versatility ends up going to the giants um but again like if they're trying to retool and and get that beef up the interior you're talking about uh, what, what what is it saying when they're drafting two defensive tackles um that some people had uh, uh we'll, we'll get to him soon but uh marlin from usc you know the fact that they're that's showing you something about like they're trying to forecast someone not being here in mm-hmm. the in the, the long term and even instead of on the eagles um it was it's funny how like uh spadera will talk about like a player like mm-hmm. when because they're, they're they're trying to make the fan base get a sense of the pick and why they made the pick and they're like well you know fletcher cox is getting old he's not he's not gonna be here forever and they're like what are you trying to push him out bro like is that what the vibes <laughs> are so i mean how, i mean overall were you were you as was everyone shocked going around going around the room yeah the first half I, I, I was shocked when it happened, um, but I think we needed to, the full range of the draft to be able to understand what was going on. I don't think that prior to this draft, we anticipated them bulking up on the defensive line the way that they did. Uh, I think, I, I mean, we ended up with two edge rushers and two uh, interior defensive linemen when it all was said and done. And I think when the first defensive line, uh, first D tackle went off the board as high as he was with a guy like Aaron Robinson and other cornerbacks sitting there, we we're all kind of sitting there just scratching our heads. Like, I don't understand really what's going on. But now that we have the scope of them trying to bulk up uh, both sides, both trenches on offense and defense, I uh, I get it. I, I understand it. I like it as well uh, for the value that we got him. I uh, I think he's he can be an incredible playmaker. You're talking about a guy that is uh, you know 20 pounds shy of 300 pounds. He's running a four six, which is I mean I, I ironically enough I just saw uh, I, I know that he's old. I saw I just saw a story today that Mike Rick uh, Mike Vick just ran a uh, a 40 yard dash today. 40 years old. He ran a four seven. So this guy's running faster than Mike Vick at 40. That's uh, that's pretty damn fast, man. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you you combine that with his strength. Uh, he can be a, an explosive force blowing up the middle of the line. Uh, I like it. Yeah, the thing with Milton uh, Williams, we weren't really hating the player uh, at all. It was more the position just because there's a lot of st- – the Eagles still had a lot of holes to fill when we were up at pick 73. And in the third round, you're looking for some immediate starters. And last year when we took Davion Taylor, which uh, not to knock the kid, it was a huge reach. Uh, Davion Taylor was a guy that we had discussed maybe as like a fifth-round pick. And seeing the draft history the last couple years when we were reaching for guys, it was a little frustrating. I mean, Davion Taylor – um, got added to our worst group on the team and still couldn't see the field much. That was very frustrating. The strength of the team is probably um, Fletcher Cox and Hargraves. That's why it was kind of confusing when we saw the pick. Milton Williams is an absolute freak. On va- on paper, the value's there. Every single scout and all talent evaluators like, yeah, this guy's a freak in nature. Um, people call him uh, Aaron Donald-like. But that being said, he how much uh, value are you getting out of him year one? I think that as the team gets a little older, maybe year two, year three, he's going to be an absolute star for the team. But it's just frustrating because you you won't be able to get to see him right away. And just looking at players that we liked, and apparently um, Tom Donahue liked, I mean, Aaron Robinson was there for the taking, um, Benjamin St. Juice, um, Chas Surratt, uh, Malcolm Koontz. I mean, there's just a lot of guys that would have started week one for the Eagles there at 73, and that's why it was frustrating. But overall, though, we like the player, and I think that he's going to be a guy that is going to find his way on the field. Maybe not a lot year one, 
And this is a team that ha still has holes. Um, we don't know exactly if uh, Zach Wilson's going to step into CB2 yet. I think he has the potential. Maybe you get a free agent. And then McLeod still is recovering from the uh, knee knee injury. Uh, was it knee or lo his lower body injury? And we just got to see what happens. But overall, though, I, I do feel good about the first three picks. And um, I, I, I see a lot of upside with Dickerson and w Williams, even if they don't play a lot first year. Yeah, I like uh, the Williams pick uh, because he's talented. You know, I, I always try to hold my judgment uh, until after the draft because you need to look at it as a whole. So uh, at the time, though, let's be real. Uh, we were all shocked. And I think a lot of that shock was because of the fact that we traded out of 71st. So now you deal with that initial shock of why are we trading back? There's a lot of talented players we really like here. So they go back to 73 and you're like, oh, who cares? Okay, Aaron Robinson's gone. That sucks. But there's still a lot of guys here. So you're expecting all these other guys. And like Chris just mentioned, you know, the one position I felt very comfortable with going into the trap was defensive tackle. But you know the Eagles, they always put an emphasis on the trenches, both sides of the ball. So sure enough, they went with a guy that, you know, you talk about Aaron Donald Light. You look at his measurements, you know, at the top 99 percentile of, you know, the three-cone drill, the four-yard dash. This guy is a freak of nature. He's an athlete, yes. But uh, one of the things he can move inside, outside, uh, sometimes, you know, being a master of many is not a master of none. You know, th whatever the hell. Look, this guy is pretty talented. It's just he needs to work on uh, maybe his first step quickness, his uh, some of his pass rush moves. He needs to add things to his repertoire. And I think that's just with good coaching. So he's got that raw talent. I saw somebody mentioned reminds uh, Davey and Taylor situation. Yeah, um, a guy that needs some coaching, but he's got the athletic ability and Hey, look, Fletcher Cox isn't getting younger, but that money, look at that cap hit he is costing us. The Eagles are trying to get younger. It's very telling that we got two defensive tackles, and if you're going to do that, at least get one of them uh, right here in this guy. I see some people talking about defensive end. Yeah, sure, he could help out on situations, but this guy could really help on our defense as a pass rushing D tackle uh, that can help a lot against the run. Strong, but he's got shorter arms. Uh, I just think it, with some good coaching, he's going to be a really talented guy, and I like the pick. <laughs> um, yeah, I like him right off the bat as a rotational guy. Um, when I first heard the pick, I was kind of confused because um, I wanted Benjamin St. Juice right there once um, uh, once Robinson went off the board. But I mean, they're building uh, they're building for this team to be ready for championship contention in probably two years. So you stack that lineup. Hopefully you hit a home run on one of these these DNs, D tackles, once Fletcher Cox gets a little older. And that's all I can say about that. I, I, I'm not in love with the pick, but I don't absolutely hate it. <laughs> it's just my honest uh, opinion. I just – I would have rather the cornerback there because their cornerback room right now is a joke. No, I mean, I, I, I – the overall feeling I get after this draft now is like – When's the CB, CB2 coming in? I know some people in the chat are saying yeah. Steven Nelson, Steven Nelson, uh, and thoughts on UDF signings. We are actually going through the whole list. So if you follow the follow with us, we're on the the third Fourth pick pick. of the draft. Are we? Milton Williams was the third. The, the, the chat is like super spicy for uh, um, UD, UD, UDFAs right now. 
<laughs> you you think that they'd they'd be excited to talk about the guys that we actually drafted? I know. Shout out to Brandon. He's already talking about you want Richard Sherman, bro. We're talking about the draft right now. We're talking about <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna. I made a I made a nice little graphic. Spent like half hour doing this to Eagles twenty twenty one draft class. So we are gonna talk about it tonight, my guy. Uh, we could talk about Richard Sherman. At the uh, draft, Raiders just again, not Casey Hayward. Oh, yeah, breaking news. Steven Nelson. You know, uh, Chris gives away picks on draft day. Now he's giving away breaking news on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Chris can't control his emotions. When, Nelson, uh, he Jason news. Jackson, please. You know, he would step across the line. Habitually. He's a habitual line stepper. <laughs> uh, now, were the Eagles a habitual line stepper when they made this next pick? Um Zach McPherson, another guy that uh, I heard that he was a guy that they uh you know like the upside from him. You know, they there there was some other more developed corners that were on the board that I thought they could probably have went with. Um, you know, uh, he he's a, he was he transferred from Penn State, uh didn't had a had an issue uh on the depth chart, uh making it on the field. Um and he went to uh Texas Tech. To take his talents was he was he like um, LeBron James? I'm taking my talents to Texas Tech, mm-hmm. um, but it, for for him it worked out. I mean, overall, were you guys pretty shocked, or were you feeling that pick? At that I never even heard of him. I was very shocked. Um, we were putting an emphasis on outside corners, right? We kept getting our hopes up and watching guys like St. Jude's and watching guys like Aaron Thanks, Robinson. Drew. Thank you. Dude, it, it sucked. Um, yeah, great graphic, Gail. Uh, but I think, you know, this guy threw us all a curveball because he's more of an inside guy when you look at him. Um, he played outside and he can play outside. And that's one of the things the Eagles love the versatility of every single player we mentioned. So, Zach McPherson, you know, a lot of the scouts have him very high. I had him at a decent rank, but not that high. And I think he was about 20 places higher uh, where I had him. And I <clears throat> I wanted an outside corner, okay? That's what threw me a curveball. But this all comes down to what's how are we going to do in the next few weeks here? Is he going to add someone in free agency? Or is he going to add someone via trade? So, But we're talking about the draft right now. You did not address that. And if you wanted to address it in free agency, you already should have done it. So you didn't do it in the draft again this year, but you go get a guy that he can play, man. He can play zone. Um, he's got some knocks on him. That's why, you know, he wasn't first round, second round, third round. Uh, so he's a playmaker, dude. You heard about the family. We talked about old family playing baseball, five brothers. Play. It's great. He's got ball skills, uh, but he needs to work on his footwork, uh, route recognition. He's got a lot of things. He's kind of that role when coming in the NFL. But Jonathan Gannon, what a perfect guy to have not so sure i trust Vontae maddox in that slot anyway so you got yourself maybe a guy that is that slot guy we talk about you know being that spur guy that can play part safety part uh you know corner but he's really just a matchup uh for some of these running backs some of these wide receivers and uh, with the straight line speed he has i think he'll actually be a benefit to have him on our team i think he helps on special teams he's blocked a couple um field goals and punts this dude is just a playmaker, and you know he goes up, gets the ball. Um, uh, his timing on going up and getting the ball, though, he needs to work on some of those things. So, a- an interesting pick. We needed outside and inside corner. I was very surprised to see them go inside first. So, it's a weird pick, but he, the kid's actually pretty talented. Uh, and where we got him um, from, everything I've read from guys that are, you know, I respect more their opinion than mine. Um, they've talked this guy up a lot, and I think. I put on the blinders this offseason and wasn't really paying too much attention 
to an inside guy like himself, even though he can play out. Uh, but I think he'll actually be pretty good for the Eagles. Yeah, so Zach is – uh, go, go ahead, I was yeah, saying Zach Wilson, he, he's a guy uh, – McPherson, sorry. He, he's a guy that is a ball hawk. Um, he had four interceptions last year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he Rangy, he, he can move around. Um, it was just a surprise pick because there was a lot of talent. I mean, you're talking about a fourth-round pick, and I'm not really sure if he can start on the outside just yet. That's why a lot of people, and even Harry Roseman was suggesting, oh, don't forget when we added Ronald Darby – uh, and and that's, that was the confusion. Like, oh, like, is this guy not going to be like a day one impact guy again? And that's why it was confusing because you had Dickerson, uh, Williams, and McPherson like all in a row. And like the three of them aren't really seen like projected to start week one. And that's why everyone's like, oh, like what's going on? Like we still didn't address the uh, outside corner. I, I think McPherson would probably start over Avante Maddox at this point because I feel like we've kind of have seen what Avante is. But in general, I, I can see the profile of why I liked him. I thought he was going to go a little bit later personally, and so did some other people. But I feel like he got a lot of uh, hype from some some scouts, and that's kind of what pushed him up the board. But in general, though, um, him wearing the Shady McCoy jersey gave him a little extra boost uh, of confidence from me. So, uh, yeah, go Zach. That's um, all, all it takes is a jersey. <laughs> at this point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not hard to please at this point either, Chris. <laughs> so for me, I never even heard of you before. I'm not even going to lie. So when I saw his name, I was in my car on the way down the shore. I was like, who the hell is this guy? So I got home from the shore, put on the tape, started watching him. So I wrote down a pros and cons list. Excellent tackle, tackler, um, above average ball skills, uh, very physical, but not handsy. Um, High IQ, doesn't shy away from contact. He's going to be a special teams ace. And like uh, Jimmy said, he's versatile. Um, Cons, he jumps routes very, very prematurely. Um, He relies on his athleticism instead of his footwork um, and technique at times. And he can prove on his jump ball timing. From what I saw, um, in my opinion, he's going to be a very, very, very very, very. He's going to be a good slot cornerback in this league. And I think in the fourth round would be the perfect time to take a slot corner. You need to still address the outside cornerback position, but if you can get yourself a stud slot cornerback in the fourth round, I'm all right with it. And, and that's just like kind of where I uh, want to kind of bring this down a little bit with my negativity. And we're, we're stuck on that word if right now. Where it, this, this is all if we end up getting an outside corner that can come in and help out as a CB2. Uh, that, that's really what I was I, it disgruntled me a little bit with this pick. We went into this draft and one of the key things the key positions that we wanted to upgrade in this draft was the cornerback specifically in another outside corner. And we waited around until the fourth round, which was longer than I would have liked to have waited. And we ended up getting a guy that just wasn't really uh, collectively on any of our boards. And it's, it's not for a lack of, I think he's got a a good ceiling. I think he can uh, develop into a good corner in this league, but it's not, it's one of those situations where we ha- we're still relying on another cornerback coming in here in order for this to make sense. So that's why I'm kind of just hung up on this. I don't think he's a guy that can immediately come in and make an impact. And since we still have uh, some addressing to do at the cornerback position, I'm not entirely 
excited about it. I'll so, say this, man. If we don't address it, this kid is going to be the one starting outside. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, like I said, I think he finds a home, and AJ just mentioned as well. I think inside is where his home is, but he can help all over the place. We talk about him being a hybrid guy, kind of play a safety role as well. But I, I think if we don't address it, this kid's going to get thrown out there, and we're in some trouble. Because, like Evan said, he we shouldn't have to rely on him right now. But the fact that you haven't addressed it. We waited till the fourth, and then you took a guy that's inside. Dude, you could have Avante Maddox or bring back Strap if you want, and then I would be okay. I wouldn't be as concerned. But right now, you drafted an inside guy, and you got nobody out there. We got tire salesmen. Oh, okay. Great. Wonderful. But, but you saying that you were going to bring the negative in it, but my thing with it is this: the front office knows that they're not winning this year. So if mm-hmm. they feel like they're going to force a pick on an outside guy that they don't think is going to fit the system, then yeah. don't do it. But like, I, I don't feel, I, I almost feel as if I don't want to say that it was forced, but I feel like they ended up missing on a corner earlier in the draft that they didn't get. And then they, it, we reached the fourth round, we reached that pick. And then we're like, Oh, we got to take a corner at, at this point. Cause like we, we've gone so far uh, that we just haven't taken a corner. Uh, I know there were some trades that fell through as well throughout the draft. Yeah, um, so, so like maybe they were anticipating maybe getting another pick and landing a corner. And the fact that this is the one that we walked away with in the draft, uh, I didn't think that we improved uh, the cornerback position that much when it was one of the positions I really, really wanted to get at least two guys, specifically one at least right. by day two. Right, and I hear you on that. And that's why I said that I don't love – the Williams pick because I think that they should have taken Benjamin St. Juice there as yeah. an outside mm-hmm. corner. Well, I you know, they almost it. traded up for this kid. Right. For McPherson. The so they really like him. But mm-hmm. this is, this is my yeah. point with that. I, I just think that if, if you think that this kid could be a premier slot corner in a league and you don't think that the other outside exactly. corner positions left in the draft, the prospects, will be a premier outside corner, then you take that premier slot guy. 100%. Nowadays, these, the slot the slot receivers are killing, are killing uh, defenses. And, and, and I agree with you, AJ. Athleticism. Right, I, th- exactly. I think if you have the ability to add somebody to your roster that can be a premier player at any position, you take them, whether it's a slot guy and you need an outside or whatever. <clears throat> but the fact of the matter is, is that like, he isn't exactly that. We don't know for certain that he is a premier slot corner and it's the only one we took from that draft. So we're still banking right. on the fact that we have to develop him. And at this point, we're still deve- uh, waiting on the fact of who's going to be the CB2. Right. But you could say that about any prospect, even a first round pick. We don't, sure. we don't know yeah. anything about any of these kids and throw it yeah. on a football field. So for sure, that's just, just putting some light on it. That, yeah. That's it. There's a silver line. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I uh, hope I'm uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, like I understand, I understand the idea of like wanting to double dip at corner. Uh, I was definitely hoping that we got a cornerback earlier um, to address mm-hmm. that need. I, Again, I like going outside and getting a CB two, um, having to you know pay someone in free agency when you have guys that you can develop and they can start from day one maybe at CB two in the in the second round. Um, it is what it is, but I mean overall, I feel like as a fan base, we all collect collectively got together in on this selection um i feel like uh kenneth gainwell where he was drafted 150th overall uh i, I felt like you know he, he was an electric player um out of the backfield uh in space uh you know he, he's 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 been a, he's been a phenomenal i feel like he's been a phenomenal player at memphis i i, I call i 
pre uh, in the off season, I was saying it's mid back university <laughs> because that's where <laughs> mid round back where you can get you can get mm-hmm. uh, you can go from Pollard, you can go to Antonio Gibson. I think Gamewell's the next guy. Uh, talk about a guy who's had um, you know fifty seven receptions. Uh, in, in the, the in 2019 and 2018, his breakout season was in 2019. He had uh, four, 1,400 yards, averaged 6.3 yards per carry, 13 touchdowns. Um, you don't think that you, people act, act, ask why did he f- fall? I think opting out might not have been the, the best thing for his stock. Um, you know, like sometimes, you know, People forget about you, uh, but I feel like uh, you know. Overall, I felt like a guy that can play in space, get out of the backfield, uh, stress defenses. I think everybody was cl- collectively in on this pick. Can can you all agree on this? And like, he's yeah, a, they, he grew up the value, and he grew up an Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, you see it, it his, all you see his tweet up. today. Yeah, of course. You see his tweet today? Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yep. Um, I think he's yeah. awesome because he not only is an exciting back, we needed an exciting back. We talked about an RB2. This guy can block out of the mm-hmm. backfield. Even though he's only 5'8", 200 pounds, this dude actually hits people. Watch the clip of him putting Micah Parsons on his ass. I love this little fella. He is somebody I think is going to be a great piece of this offense. We talked about adding a running back like this, whether it was Gainwell or Felton, giving Nick Sirianni that Neheim Hines type of running back. We have Miles Sanders, yes, but we are going to actually run the ball, ladies and gentlemen. So let's have some good running backs. Now you have a stable of running backs. you got Jordan Howard back there. Now he can be your RB3. Now Boston Scott can be your RB4. No one cares about. Literally got yourself a stud. The kid's footwork, his cutting, just the change of direction when you watch this kid. He will just, he broke my ankles just watching him. I literally think he's so exciting. Um, And I get he's undersized and Whatever, dude. We all went through it with Darren Sproles. We know how good this that guy was. This kid, I'm not saying he's Sproles, but I think he could be one of those kind of guys helping the return game. I'm excited just watching him right now. I think this is going to be a fun offense to watch. And, and one thing that I don't want to be swept under the table either, he's great receiving the ball out of the backfield as well. I mean, Did you, I not you, say that? Yeah, great out of the backfield. But what I'm saying is, like, this dude, I, I know he opted out for that season. But he put together between receiving and rushing yards in 2019, put over 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, man. He had 1,400 rushing yards, 600 receiving yards. This dude, no matter how you want to use him, he can get the job done. I think he, him and uh, Miles Sanders are going to be a beautiful one-two punch, man. Um, Wasn't that I, only 51 catches, too, with that 600 yards? Uh, that was 51 catches for 610 yards, man. That's awesome. Yeah. He's averaging 12 yards a catch and he had three touchdowns uh, receiving in that year. So, Love like, he, he's explosive however you want to put him. Yeah, if you were watching the live stream, you know how excited I was about the pick. I threw my draft board. Oh, yeah. Um, got the fist pumps in. I love Kenneth Gainwell. Um, we talked about getting a running back at some point in this draft. This was the guy that we all talked about in the mid rounds because, yeah, we would have loved someone like Javante, but it wasn't, a, it, we didn't have the luxury of taking him there. We Even though we knew that we almost took J.K. Dobbins last year, this was the luxury and the value pick. I mean, everyone was like mad on the timeline who didn't know who Kenneth Gainwell was because they're like, we have Miles Sanders. What are we doing? Like, we just re-signed Boston Scott. We just re-signed Jordan Howard. It's like, listen, Don't we love – Yeah, like we love those guys. <laughs> but what has happened for the last three years – after the Super Bowl, and even the Super Bowl, everyone went down. Um, 
Josh Adams was our leading rusher, uh, what, three years ago. And the last two seasons, we've lost, watched the Boston Scott show against the New York Giants um, by the end of the year. That's why it's like, okay, you got these guys. Like, there's a reason why Jordan Howard lasted on the street for a little while. There's a reason why no one else signed Boston Scott. Like, <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell is that dude. Like, he – like, everyone was, like, wondering, like, why did Miles Sanders fall off in pass protection? Why did Miles Sanders fall off – in um, the passing game in general. I mean, Miles, he had a, a case of the drops last year, but Kenneth Gainwell, he's coming from uh, RBU right now. I mean, Antonio Gibson comes on the scene. Um, D'Angelo Williams is, fr- is from Memphis as well. Mm-hmm. And the thing with Kenneth G- uh, Gainwell is that he's explosive and he's going to be all over the field. Think about Austin Eckler. Think about Tariq Cohen. Yep. Think about um, – Darren Sproles, Naheem Hines, that's coming from the Sirianni offense. This is a guy that's going to be a move piece. He's going to be all over the place. And him and Devonta Smith, that's exactly what you want to do for Jalen Hurts. We want to find out what is going to make or break this offense, not the players. If Jalen Hurts can step up with these guys, he's the guy. You have two, maybe three potential first-round picks next year, and you ball out with that. You don't have to worry about getting another quarterback. You get him the weapons. And Kenneth Gainwell is an absolute steal here in the fifth round at 150. Like you said, Chris, <laughs> Austin Eckler is the first person I think of when I watch his film, dude. He's, yes. he, can, he can hit the hole. He's, he doesn't shy away from contact. But his receiving skills are just, are just ridiculous for a running back. Yep. It's just – it's going to help this offense so much, but so much more in it. As much as we want Miles Sanders to be on the field for 30, 40 plays a game, it's just not realistic. And having somebody as like a Kenneth Gainwell to help back as an RB2 just helps so much. It helps this offense so much more. Now, another player that could help us out a little bit more on the inside. Uh, a guy that w- it was funny because we had a, a talk to prospect all set up with uh, Mr. <clears throat> Mr. Mr. Martin Marlin uh, Tuopoloto, and uh, you, you know messed up the easy six name. two. <laughs> huh? yeah. I said Marlin you messed up the easy name. Too focused on the last name. <laughs> uh, but we had a talk to prospect set up with him. Uh, for some reason, uh, we reached out to his agent. Everything set up. He didn't show up to his interview, and me and Chris had a great time. Uh, mm-hmm. After researching him, but then you know the uh, you know the uh, what do you call it the uh, cosmic forces uh, that all that all that research didn't go to waste because here he is an eagle and um, I felt comfortable with that pick and uh, I mentioned him earlier in 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 the off season but I I felt like his skill set you know if you're talking about a developmental piece a guy that can um, you know he's he's got some twitch to his game. Um, he's, he's got, he's, if you're going to talk about the high motor guy, he's, he definitely has the high motor, but he's, he's definitely got a mean streak in him. If you saw him down at the senior bowl, I think you look at a guy's like, uh, Trey Smith, he was, he was, he was, he was eating his lunch all day long, uh, down at the senior bowl, definitely made him some money after, uh, the senior bowl week. But overall, um, I know, I know Chris, he, he got a little scout book. He's flipping his pages over there. I hear you. Wait, yeah. Have- <laughs> With Marlon, I mean, the thing that we love about him is he has very heavy, violent hands. He's kind of like a boxer. He will get right chest to chest with you and just beat your chest until your heart stops. Uh, he's just like a very uh, – he's um he loves tongue and food. Here's some draft notes that we didn't get to ask him. Um, uh, Lou Pololu is his favorite food. 
Snowfall is his favorite show, and Miss Lippy's car is green. But yeah, overall though, <laughs> Marvin is a guy that um we really like. Uh, another guy that I was kind of confused with the pick because we went uh very heavy into interior defensive line, but Marlon is an absolute value. Guys were talking about him in the third round to get him oh, yeah. this late at pick 189. It's a steal. And it's one of those things where Howie's like, we're going to build in the trenches. And at least he didn't lie about to us about that. And that's exactly what we did with Marlon. I think he is going to be a very solid piece. It's just interesting to see how competitive it's going to be in some of these positions on one position other than D tackle. And I can't wait to get to the undrafted guys is wide receiver, but, um, let, let's get to the next guys uh, soon. Yeah, Marlon is uh, he's a stud. He's a big boy, and we need ourselves uh, a run-stopping defensive tackle. We went ahead, got a guy that you know resembles an Aaron Donald. We talk about his freak athleticism. This dude, you know, I love what Chris just said there. He will beat you violently. He will get in the backfield and he'll beat your ass. He sets the edges so he can move around on the line. We talk about versatility all the time. We know what the Eagles want. So this is one of those guys you keep your eye on. And look at him. This is why Gail and Chris knew to try to get an interview. Because look, the gods have spoken. Now he's an Eagle. And now we're going to make that interview happen anyway as a Philadelphia Eagle. Love this kid. Yeah, I, 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 I already, already shouted out the agent. I was there like, you hey, go. Uh, my hey, man. remember he, me, guy? But yeah, I think he, this kid's going to be a great piece. He's not going to be a starter for us. I don't think he's ever – I think he's going to make his claim as that, you know, rotational, rotational piece that comes in and, you know, helps against the run. And he'll find a home here for a while. And I think people are really going to love him. I think he's going to be a fan favorite. Them Tongan and those uh, Samoan D tackles don't, yeah. don't disappoint often. So. No doubt. Um, I'm definitely not upset with the pick at all. I think I like that pick more than I like the Milton Williams pick in the third round. Yeah, I, I, I think what wow. really sold me uh, was just the value that we got him. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting him to slip this far, and with him sitting there on the board, I would have been I, I could have been very disappointed in Howie if he didn't end up taking him. If he said he's going to build through the trenches, this is the type of guy you want to do that with. I do want to say, though, I think it's kind of uh, – I loved what we did with the Talk to Prospect this year. Uh, I, I hope it's something we can continue to do in years uh, moving forward. However, three talk to prospect alum go to the Cowboys, and one of these guys that ends up oh. on the Eagles, no calls, no shows. What are the chances, man? Yeah. That's just, that's Maybe just we'll just cancel next year with the guys that we like. We'll yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hopefully we can talk to him soon. Yeah. But um, I think Gail's frozen there. Yep. <laughs> All right, but uh, well, anyway. <laughs> All right. Did anyway. everybody get to talk about him? We'll, we'll, we'll keep. Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, we I can mean, just keep talking get, about him until Gail comes back. We could do that. We could. Uh, have, oh, we're very time, time. We're time sensitive, so let's get to definitely one of our favorites. Ron Jackson's next, right? Yeah. Yeah. The dude. Dude, he's, I, we, what else can we say? We said it last night, dude. I mean, the kid's explosive. Um, now they worry about his length. They worry about after his first segment. Whatever, dude. I don't care. There's a reason that a guy like him falls to the sixth round. And I think everybody's going to be pretty damn excited. Um, he plays a little upright. So he definitely has some things to work on. We talk about this when you're getting into these rounds. 
but he's dude, he's a very flexible, athletic guy. And I think, you know, one of those rotational pass rushers that we talk about coming in, um, I think he's going to be perfect for this team. I know that I was very excited. I not only had AJ come on the show, he talked about him, had Chris come on the show. He talked about him. I know me and Gail had talked about, I mean, Evan, I think even you and I talked about him when he came on. Yep. The, actually, I know we did. So yep. we are very, he's definitely a name that was brought pick. up. Yep. Great value in day three. So another great value pick. And people talk about the height for him, but who's he going to be learning besides Brandon Graham, a guy that has, um, was knocked on about his height, but Teron Jackson, the reason why we like him here is we watched him as a senior bowl. He was just beating people up. He's a lot quicker. Um, people talk about the upright thing, but the reason why he can beat people is his hands are so violent and he is just quick, quick, quick. The, I, I really think that him behind BG for a year is going to uh, help tremendously. And adding him to the rotation and not having high expectations is going to help. I mean, look at these six-round picks that we like. These are two guys that could have went way earlier in the draft, and these are guys that aren't going to have high expectations. But they have very high floors. I mean, Marlon's a guy I expect to make the team and see on, on the field. Teron's a guy I expect to make the team and see on the field. So let's see what happens. I mean – it's it's a nice young group, and my, the next pick I'm really excited about because he's an LSU guy, but let's finish up on Tehran. So for me, um, I've been – so I jumped on the Coastal Carolina train after their second win of the season because of Tehran Jackson and because of um, – Those colors. A, a couple <laughs> – beautiful <laughs> colors. But um, there's just a, a couple players that I really, that really caught my eye on that team, and Tehran was the first one that stood out to me. And – I just kept following him all season, and then um, me and him linked up on Twitter and just started talking, and we were supposed to do uh, an interview for Talk to Prospect, and the times just never worked for either one of us. So, um, But we just kept talking the whole time on Twitter and all that, and uh, when he got drafted, I hit him up, and I was like, dude, we were talking about this, like you potentially being an eagle, and it actually happened. Like, I was, I was just so <laughs> pumped because – the kid is he's he's an absolute animal on the football field. He's he plays with it with an alpha mentality, always head down, nonstop head high motor, and he's just such a humble kid and has a lot of humility. He's just he's the sack leader city. at his school year at, yeah. at Coastal his, Carolina too. He's a freak of nature. His man. production and, this year was insane. And and was uh, insane. And and if you just look at you just follow these videos along too. Uh, the dude looks like he like if he gets within a certain radius of whoever has the ball, he seems like yep. a great tackler, man. There, he's yep. not a, you're not escaping his arms. He's super strong. Uh, great value for where he's, we got him. He man. was one of the leaders in the league in tackles for law in college tackles for loss. So like, and, it's a lot. That's one thing that Howie loves is guys who can get behind the backfield and make tackles. And, and then is, and then a four crazy. seven 40. running off the edge. Yeah, in his career, he's got forty four point five tackles for loss, uh, and uh, and for his career, uh, he's talking about twenty six point five sacks over the last uh, couple years. And you, I mean, you look at a guy like Quiddy Pay with like zero, lack of production yeah. in that sack area. I mean, I'm not gonna say he's Quiddy Pay athletically or anything, but I'm saying he's been productive. As well. you, right. I mean, you you just like that he's been productive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. But, Going along with talking to him on Twitter, he uh, he hit me back up. He was like, yeah, I'm excited to be here. And uh, 
he was like, if you want to hit me on that interview now that I'm with Philadelphia, just let me know. So oh, that's a potential. Nice. Yeah, that's a potential oh, interview for us. So that's nice, man. That's yeah. nice. Uh, Mark is impressed all the way from Oregon. Mark is impressed in the chat. Uh, you know, we, it seems like we have some LSU love here. Shout out to Will Smith. He's showing um, some love for either Chris's sweatshirt or could it be the next person in line? Um, would that be Jacoby Stevens? Uh, see, I didn't put safety up there. Linebacker uh, Jacoby Stevens. You talk about him being productive in the box. Was he as consistent as consistent in space as he was in the box? I think uh, you know if the Eagles are looking for that. You know, they they finally got rid of Mister Nate, uh, aka uh, White Snake. Could this be? A potential uh, replacement for a hybrid type. Um, he, and the thing about him, you like that he said, you know, uh, he said um, about his game. He said, you know, the the NFL is, is is slowly becoming like the NBA. It's all about matchups. So he's like, yo, he's like, you know, if you can match up and uh, you know expose players. Um, that's what it's, that's what it's like in the NFL. Now Like you're trying to get people singled out. He's like, I can play in space. I can play in the box. Um, I mean, this is another guy, Chris, you, you were high on, he was one of your day three targets that made sense for the Eagles. I'll let you start first. So Jacoby Stevens, I did my Ed Orgeron impression yesterday and I don't think I have enough brain cells to do that again, but, um, <laughs> Ed Orgeron hopped on on uh, the draft live and just was had glowing reviews about him. Jacoby's a guy that his ball skills are a little underrated. Uh, I pitched a highlight of him making some insane one-handed interception in the middle of the field. The thing with Jacoby is a um, little bit of inconsistency, but overall, though, he's a guy that when you saw Jalen Mills coming to fill uh, the gap and you saw Saquon Barkley running through the hole, you got a little nervous. If you see Saquon Barkley running through the gap – and Jacoby Stevens is running through there, you're you're at the edge of your seat because this dude can hit, and he loves to hit. The reason why I like him is because, like we talk about the receivers and the running backs, on the defensive side, he's a multiplier. He's a guy that can move all, all across <laughs> the box. He's a guy that is extremely confident in the way he plays. Very violent. Um, Yeah, there it is. He, he gets sacks. He can play up at the line. He can move back a little bit. And listen, it's LSDBU. Uh, it, there's no problem with me getting any defensive back or defensive player from LSU. They're trained and taught very well. I mean, look at the highlight right there. Because people say, oh, it's a box safety. Then the dude makes a one-handed interception. Uh, the thing with Jacoby is you're going to see Jonathan Gannon use him as a move piece, just like how they're going to use Devonta Smith all over the offensive formation. They're going to use Jacoby Stevens on the defensive formation. He's going to be playing at the edge. He's going to be playing deep. He's going to be playing in the middle. And never talk about Nathan Gary again, please. He's not here. I don't want to listen to the name. I have PTSD from him. Jacoby Stevens is a guy that um, is really going to push uh, the limits of what this defense is capable of. Yes, that's the reaction. I don't want to talk about White Snake anymore. <laughs> I'm excited about it, man. So, so Chris, I have a question for you since you're the big LSU guy. Yep. I I did um, research on uh, Stevens before the draft, not too much so, but um, why why I, I seen people have him as a potential fourth round area pick. Um, is there any reason why he slipped to the sixth? So we talked about it yesterday. Uh, I believe that. 
we came to the conclusion that there's a little bit of immaturity and inconsistency, uh, mostly with uh, play speed consistently, a um, little bit of effort. But overall, mm-hmm. though, it was a guy that, like, I don't know exactly all the knocks on him because Ed Orgeron just had such high glowing reviews saying, like, this is right. a dude that's going to give you 150% and is going to – he'd die for any of his teammates. I mean, you see the plays going on right now. Like, right. these are long developing plays, and he's just there every time. I'm not really worried about it, and I feel like he's just a really nice value where we're getting him. And overall, I just think that he plays with kind of like that swagger and confidence that Jalen Mills uh, thought he had but didn't have. And mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm just really excited to see this kid in here. I mean, you see the sacks he's getting. He You can mm-hmm. put him everywhere, and he disguises himself really well. And it's going to be exciting. He's a big dude, and I can see why they listed him at linebacker instead of uh, safety. Right. I think what I would say is the reason that he probably dropped. Um, they talk about him being a little over aggressive. Um, he's very aggressive and he loves to hit, but he right. needs to work on that. Um, you know, he has too many missed tackles. Uh, just, you know, his timing is off. I think, you know, they talk about his burst, you know, closing speed. There's definitely some issues there and he's kind of in limbo, kind of how that person we won't mention, you know, he's a little undersized for a linebacker, but not the greatest coverage skills. So he's not necessarily your safety. Uh, but the one thing, you know, anybody that tells you that, Chris, tell him to you know kiss your ass because this guy used to play wide receiver. So he's got the ball skills. I think that's why he's going to make a perfect nickel linebacker for us. That hybrid joker type of safety linebacker and what we were kind of hoping will parks would be last year i think this kid is going to come in um his just his attitude we talk about all these guys you know i mentioned the beginning of the video six out of nine of our draft picks being team captains this dude what just leadership man these are high quality guys i like this pick a lot right i know i was was reading a brugler's thing uh he, he put a note in uh from an nfl scout that he got word from he said that the coaches say he can be a unifying leader when he wants to uh, but the attitude issues can be a distraction, not what you want to hear about a senior. Yeah. This is from NFL Scout. So it is what it is. I think, you know, uh, Rakshak had asked uh, how I was in the coverage goes. I think, you know, if they think of him more of as a tweener, like in between a, more of a linebacker, and they feel safer, that's where he'll flourish. Uh, that's probably why you see him here. Um, and he's more consistent in the box than he is in coverage, I believe. Um, right, but I I I like when uh, they take a MFers face off though. Yeah, right. and Devonta Smith knows all about that. Yeah, I, I like I like the pick for as a value pick. I like I said I had him as like a um, back end four, probably to mid fifth was more realistic to me. But um, I didn't I didn't know about the the tip you just gave us about the um, inconsistency of leadership and all that. So. Um, I, I I like the value of the pick. I mean, it is what it is like. It's it's like uh, you know people do hear things. I mean, he he was one of the guys that you know had uh, had mentioned on the on the live stream that he made sure all his his teammates were out there registered to vote. He's you know talking mm-hmm. about unifying, get the team together. Um, but again, like his his interview yesterday with the Eagles uh, beat writers and um, his presser was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. He. he 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 did his interview and he did his draft party from the actual like uh, I believe is his training facility. Like he's been like for the last three months that's he's been there and then his family came there and they watched it. Uh, so he he seems pretty excited, man. He's, it's funny he almost looks like a uh, a black version of Puga, if I'm being honest. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. I think it's the face shape, but yeah, you're right. It does, man. Yeah, yeah. We need, we need to get Puga in here for a ref- facial reference. That's great. Uh, going on to the last pick. Uh, Another violent know, one. Who, who wants to start with Pat, uh, Patrick Johnson from Tulane? Uh, he's a, I'm going to be honest, not, not a guy that I didn't, I didn't have anything on. Can we and be so real I here? Like, I was like, okay. Does anyone have anything on Patrick Johnson? Yeah, he's a good edge rusher. Uh, the thing mm-hmm. is, there's some confusion about where the hell he's going to play. Um, right. So right off the bat, it's like, oh, God. I-, I saw one of his comparisons, though, was to Derek Barnett, which uh, yep. I find to be amusing. But another run? one, a little tight in the hips uh, and the ankles. But I, I think this kid, you know, a-, a very violent, aggressive guy again. And everything I read from him, uh, like I didn't get to watch too much where I was super high on him. I can't say that I was somebody that talked about him a lot. But I did see other scouts very high on him, and it always intrigued me. So I checked him out, and I like him. Um, I thought he was going to be maybe a six-round talent. So the fact that we got him in the seventh round is what makes me like him so much. So just from the little I did see, he's a very violent dude off the edge. And that's Mm -hmm. what we seem to be getting out of all these guys. Very aggressive. And uh, we're building this defensive line to go attack people, and that's how we won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, people so, forget this ain't this ain't this ain't Schwartz's defense, though. Right? No, it's not. Exactly. This is going to be Thank a God, more defense. attacking defense. Yeah. So, another, um, another quick notes, dude off the edge, man. Yeah, the notes I had I had on him were just um, he's like like Jimmy said, he's very violent. Um, he's he's fluid for uh, his size, um, but uh, he he's just not. Uh, he's just extremely short for his size. Like very undersized. He's very, very undersized. He doesn't have a very big wingspan. Um, he's like he's got very below burst off the edge. It's, it's seventh round pick. You know what I mean? It's yeah. where I had him. But um, I he mean, looks more like a three four outside linebacker. I know? agree. The thing, the thing with Patrick Johnson that cracks me up is. I'm so used to seeing his face because every single time I did a mock draft, he was there in the sixth and seventh round as the top edge rusher left. And I would mm-hmm. always be like, oh, Tulane, Patrick Johnson. Like, I guess I have to take him now. And I did <laughs> in like every single mock draft. And I just remember like looking up notes and all the same things, just like size concerns. But the one thing that people really agreed that he was good at was even though he had l- lack of size, was extending and utilizing the size to the best of his ability. And if you guys really want to get some really cool draft nuggets about um, like defensive line play, 100% listen to Chris Long's podcast. He broke down Quiddy Pay, Rousseau, um, Owe, and like all these guys and just talked about like what separates them as the first round picks and the guys going later. And at first he said, Oh, I like Quiddy Pay. And then eventually he's like, Nah, like Quiddy Pay is not nearly as high as, as I thought. And I, I think it's really important to listen to those breakdowns because, listen, like we just spent one, two, three, four picks on all these defensive linemen, and we have to see what we have with the guys on the roster as well. So definitely check that out. But in general, though, I think Patrick Johnson, he's what he is, seventh-round pick. Um, Hopefully, I, I think he'll push to make the practice squad. And in, in general, though, I see most of these picks – either making the team or the practice squad, uh, mostly because of lack of depth that we have now. But I think it's a solid group that they want to develop, and they're going to make sure that they hold on to. 
and I hope they don't make the practice squad for some of them, like, and they just make the active roster because uh, these guys will get stolen. Like, if you let a Marlin uh, to a Pelotu go on the practice squad, a team's going to take him immediately. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know who this guy reminds me of, actually? Uh, the situation we had last year with Casey Tuhill. We drafted him. Everybody's like, oh, he's a linebacker. He's a linebacker. He's a linebacker. It's like, look, he looks like one kind of, but he's not. He's an edge rusher. And a 3-4 outside linebacker is just a 4-3 defensive end. And right. that's what we have here going on. So it's really weird to have a tweener when you're not really running a three, four. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see mm-hmm. how this kid works out. Uh, but Derek Barnett did, and he was going through the same kind of situation. So, right. yeah, well, I won't that, say he worked but, out. You know, it's. Uh, I was going to say now Derek Barnett's uh, stock here is dropping. Hey, I uh, just, Sweat I just, and Jackson I just, in the future with this guy. I'm all right. I just saw this draft as a futures draft, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. The back end of it for sure. Right. They 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 know that they're not going to be in serious contention for at least another two years possibly three. So they're just trying to stock up. Come on, <laughs> come on. Let's be realistic here. <laughs> um, well, that's the thing. Everyone forgets that we have a first and an extra fifth next year that we acquired in this exactly. draft. So it's like, not only did we focus and we on get the money we get, with wait, the wait, picks, wait, wait, wait. but we got, and open. we're going to have gonna get money. the highest salary cap in the we're league gonna, next the year. The cap's going to go up too. So we're going to have a lot of flexibility right. next year. So which is why be, I think they end sooner. up. If if hurts the best case case scenario for us is for Hertz to be a legit QB one because then yeah. those three first round picks can go to a cornerback. Um, if you want another weapon for Hertz, if if that's what you want, um, or you can sign one of those. The next year's uh, defensive end class is going to be legit, so you yeah. can grab one of them. It's as much as I rip on how he kind of put us in a good position for next year in my opinion mm-hmm. sure did. Yo, the, the, the chat has been uh super spicy about um Andres. the free agents man <laughs> and it's time, it, it, it's like, time. Bro, like they don't want to talk about any of the the players that we drafted <laughs> i can't wait to talk about two of them uh so i, I mean we're, we're gonna, let's let's go with uh let's go with um these four start with these four we have uh i'm ready man Go ahead, Chris. Have at it, my guy. I love Buffalo OG slash tackle uh, Coyote. I don't know if it's Coyote or Coyote. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. I mean, man, like you talk about leadership. He was another guy that was a team captain, and it seemed like that was a common trend with this draft. Uh, 32 career starts, can play left tackle, right tackle. If you're going to get an inside look at his life, he actually had an inside, like, a day with the athlete with himself. He's just a guy that plays really, really violent, has really nice feet. Um, I'm really interested to see how he turns out. I mean, he kind of reminds me of like Prince Tego one ago last year, who I was kind of annoyed that uh, we like get stolen off the practice squad. Uh, no, no idea how it's going to pan out for him, but I can see the upside uh, for this kid. And then going on, uh, well, let's see. Do you guys have any opinions on him as well? I, yeah, I mean, I like yeah, Coyote as well, Chris. You know, uh, you and me were talking about him a it's little an bit. Awesome uh, name, I can add uh, that. To I the, mean, to the group. yeah, about <laughs> it. I mean, he went undrafted because there's some, you know, there's obviously some knocks on him. Uh, obviously, one of those guys they talk about being a little too upright. Um, he struggles a little bit with uh, his reactions. Not great uh, against some of these more athletic pass rushers, but that's why I envision a guy like him. And actually, you have it listed right there as guard. I could see him definitely playing inside, but once again, back to that versatility. So, yeah, I like the pick, or, or 
signing of the undrafted free agent? Uh, I mean, uh, Nebraska tight end Jack Stroll. I mean, if you <laughs> wanted 80s porn hair, that would be the hairstyle for you. Yeah, um, that's, that's or tight. I'm about to cut my hair like, right now. Like, yeah, dude could have grew, <laughs> grew, grew up in a – or he could have been in a white snake video. On a <laughs> don't, don't put that on him, man. Don't put that on him. <laughs> don't give him uh, I mean, does anybody have anything on yeah. Nebraska tight end Jack Stroll? I do. I love this dude. Um, they talk about him uh, having the soft hands. That was one of the things I love about him. He can actually catch the ball and he can actually run after he catches the ball. Somebody that uh, we have named uh, it rhymes with crack hurts. Uh, he did not do that. This guy uh, is exciting because he's one of those undrafted dudes that you think is just going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. He can play that H back role that we talked about for weeks coming into this draft, getting that tight end, that would come in and play that Trey Burton role that, you know, Nick Sirianni had over in Indianapolis, running the 13 personnel with three tight ends. I think this guy could come in. He's not exactly one of those uh, inline fullback blockers. That's why I say H-back. You know, you can use him as a receiver, maybe a Kyle Juszczyk type of player. I'm very, very excited to have this kid. And with a mullet like that, dude. With lines. This guy's got a mullet and lines. Business. uh... Yeah. So one thing about him, uh, first Dude. off, we actually, we actually spelled his name wrong. It's a S T O L L. I, I stole, like, yeah. and he looks like he's just like strolling through the park. So I understand. Um, but <laughs> the, the thing with him though is. I feel like he would be like the dude that is highlighted in hard knocks and everyone's like, yeah, and they may HBO makes you fall in love with him. Then he gets cut. I, I truly <laughs> don't really see him making the team or maybe in the practice squad. He's kind of like a body. Uh, he not a lot of production. I know he battled injuries. Um, one idea that people have thrown out there is actually moving Jay Shaw to tight end. Uh, it's been I've been out saying there that for years, dude. Because he's, he's got a the really frame to put on an extra ten. He's a really pounds. good blocker, though, and it's just like you got to get some value out of a second round pick. But overall, though, I mean, it's an undrafted free agent. I I, I wish that we uh, kind of got Kenny Yaboa. Um, that being said, I mean, it, it's all right. Uh. The next guy, one of the next two guys that we're going to talk about is the guy everyone in the chat's talking about. Uh, we're going to go on for him for a lot longer than Jack Stoll. I'll bring I'm still Kevin. shocked that they didn't draft the tight end. I really thought that they were going to draft one. Harry Kreider. What, what do you got to say about uh, – is that who you're talking about or Trevin Grimes? Trevin. I know. Grimes, I've seen the, the, I mean, Grimes has been. Yeah, I was. I was going to say the chat has been freaking out about Trevin Grimes. I mean, everyone's been. I mean, that 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 play he had against uh, certain, um, certain, looking made him. Everyone's, everyone's like, oh my god, look at him go. Let's talk. About, let's just talk about him, man. Like, might as well get it off. Grimes. Ooh, I mean, that was a guy that first day of one on ones at the Senior Bowl, he deleted mm. people, and everyone's yeah. like, okay. This guy must be small because you can't really tell um, from the video. It's like, no, like mm-hmm. this dude's like 6'3", 6'4", 220, and 15 and a half yards per reception, nine touchdowns in the SEC last year. Um, wasn't a high-volume guy, but he's a guy that when you are like, oh, like like what J-Jaw could have been, I understand that he's an undrafted free agent, but this dude was highly effective. He not uh, highly effective and highly efficient at Florida. He was a guy that Kyle Trask just knew that he could throw the ball up to and trust him. Uh, I I posted the highlight yesterday of him just absolutely murdering Sertain. 
And that was one thing knocked that Galen I had on Sartain. He's not good against the big body guys. Seth Williams cooked Sartain. I know that the stats might not be all there, but if you watched it, uh, either bad throws or Williams dropping the ball uh, hurt the stats. But Sartain struggles against tall guys. Um, and the thing with Grimes, though, is he is very fluid with his routes for the most part. The thing with him, and it was funny, is that someone said, oh, like, he's nothing, like, his comp is, like, Laquan Treadwell. I'm like, well, if you can not get Laquan Treadwell in the first round and sign him as a free agent, I have no problem taking a shot on that. And there's a ton of uh, production, I mean, a ton of tape of him going against top guys in the SEC and his teammates as well. So I think Trevor Grimes is a guy that's going to push to make the roster and, and even get on the field uh, week one at looking at looking at his position and size. So it's going to be interesting to see how he turns out during camp. Um, for me, getting uh, Grimes as an undrafted free agent is just a home run, in my opinion. Um, I'm not saying that he was worthy of a third or fourth round pick, but he was a guy that was being talked about in the fifth round. And to get the value of that kind of guy as an undrafted free agent is a steal. Um, as far as his route running, he is fluid on his deeper routes, in my opinion. When it comes to his yeah. shorter routes, they're a little lazy. He's definitely a, a better deep threat than he is around the line of scrimmage. But um, he's uh, uh, he's a great hands catcher. He doesn't bring a lot of balls to his body. Um, I mean, as you can see, his size, he's, he's a big, big body. And uh, one reason why I think he's going to make this roster is because he is an effective blocker, man. He – He's one of the best, in my opinion, that I saw this year. Um, he's one of the best run-blocking wide receivers in this class. Um, that does It's not really sexy to fans, but that's sexy to coaches. So That, that, that was a big sell on Whiteside as well, which yep. is making me think that Whiteside's move into tight end it could, it could be the thing that extends his life here as an Eagle. In my opinion, um, I – we were talking about that. Uh, me and my my buddies were talking about that last year during the season. He's got the frame to put on an extra fifteen pounds if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that move the tight end wouldn't be a bad bad move in my opinion. I caught the last part there what you were talking about him. Um, I agree. What a steal! Uh, I'm sure we're all very excited about this pick. I know uh, we were talking about him before the draft. So. What a uh, great addition in the undrafted class. You talk about a big-bodied guy uh, that can block. Love that. Uh, the one thing he doesn't have uh, that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside did coming out was uh, the ability to go up and get those contested balls. Um, it, he's great at running the deep route. That's what he is. You know, He's a deep threat. Problem is uh, he kind of struggles to track the ball at times, and when he does, he kind of um, – when it's a contested catch, he kind of struggles. So that's why you're seeing a kid like him move into the undrafted realm. But the thing is, I love what you just said there. He puts on some weight, gets coached up by guys that have played wide receiver. and court. I think that this kid's going to work out just fine. He's going to be a steal. I'm very excited for Trevon Grimes. I was just hitting on some of the negatives I saw as to why he would be here. But the positives you guys all just mentioned, I, I think, yeah, I'm excited about him. Yes, sir. I'm feeling great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Todd. Uh, yeah, t- today, the day, I-, I wanted to say, though, AJ, you got the Rona, bro? Doing, doing some sniffling there, bro. Who, me? <laughs> yeah, is it, is it the Rona? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Could be allergies. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm feeling that's a lot better. Though. Thank you, Todd. That's how, that, that's how it starts. 
Tell the story. Oh, well. <laughs> Maybe story. I do. I still have my taste, so we'll find out. <laughs> um, going on to some of the other guys here, um, you know, you know, Jamie Newman was a guy that I thought that they might be in on, uh, and when they selected him, I was like, you know what? I'll take it. Is it, can you see? Jamie Newman as your uh, QB three right off the bat. I mean, we pencil. Absolutely. We're gonna pencil. We're gonna pencil him in. Uh, he's got that. Uh, he's got that um, athletic ability. Uh, he he's he's strong in the pocket too. Uh, I was I was watching a couple um, a couple highlights from yesterday. Just him like re- going through his reads, and I was like, okay. Um, are you guys super high on Jamie Newman? I mean, he, yeah. I mean, he's a priority for free agent. But I think you can pencil him as your QB three for now. Obviously, bringing in another veter- veteran, uh, shaky vet to come in and compete as your QB three. But I mean, I, I think he's a talented guy. I just hope it's one of those guys that we don't see. <laughs> if I could be completely honest, yeah. uh, if if we do end up seeing him on the field, I hope he can excel. But uh, I'm all in on the Jalen Hurts train, man. I'm hoping it works out with Jalen Hurts. Uh, Joe Flacco is going to be that first line of defense right behind him in case Jalen does end up going down. Uh, but hopefully Jamie Newman could eventually develop into that uh, quarterback too. I think he actually um, – I-, I love this addition. Who was it, Gail? There was somebody in the chat that just kept going off about drafting him in the seventh round. And, yeah, I, I mean – like we talked about, maybe in the seventh, but maybe just wait till the undrafted class. Maybe a guy like him falls. Sure enough, we signed him right after the draft. Oh my, was I excited. This kid, uh, you talk about that dual threat ability. Um, I think he was kind of forced into a lot of that dual threat ability because his team sucked, just like Jalen Hurts had to run the ball a lot. Um, I think he's actually really good at throwing the ball too. I think a lot of people sleep on his ability to do that. And uh, he Played for a pretty crappy team in Wake Forest, uh, transferred to Georgia. And I think uh, the competition uh, and his teammates around him kind of hindered his stock, I'll say. I think with the right coaching, with Nick Sirianni, with Brian Johnson, with Shane Steichen, Kevin Batulo, all of the coaches we have that have quarterback coaching experience, wide receiver coaching experience, played the actual position, I think it's going to bode well for a guy like Jamie Newman especially when he's an undrafted commodity. Uh, I'm with you, though. I don't want to see him, Evan, but I think he's going to be great in practice. Uh, I think he's going to get to learn from not only Hurts, a quarterback <laughs> more like himself, but also Joe Flacco as that mentor. But, yes, Jalen Hurts, QB1, but what a great opportunity for this young man. Yeah, and he, and these, these are all, all these snaps are from the uh, Senior Bowl, actually, that yeah. we're watching. Yeah, but Jamin Newman in general is a guy that people uh, start hyping up around the senior bowl time. And there's a reason why you love the Jamie Newman pick and it just makes you hate the Clayton Thorson pick even more. It's like Jamie Newman is 100 times better than Clayton, Clayton Thorson and he went undrafted. Hey, and but his dad was an Eagles linebacker, though. Who, Clayton? <laughs> yeah, his Clayton Thorson's dad was the Eagles linebacker. I don't care if his dad owned the Eagles. He sucks. He was terrible. He was never good in college, and it made no sense to draft him, and we wasted a draft pick. But back One of the Jamie worst Newman, picks ever. That pissed me yeah. off more than anything. Dude. But Jamie Newman, though, is a guy that I, I really I like. That he is athletic. He has a really live arm, and a lot of the things that – are wrong with him are fixable. It's it's one of those things where like people were like talking about the Knox on Jalen Hurts, but I wasn't looking at the Knox on Jalen Hurts. I was looking at the strengths of Jalen Hurts, and that's what you do. You uh, boost up uh, the good, and then you just build up from the bad. And the thing with Jamie Newman is 
he's never had this much talent around him that he's going to have with the Eagles. So I think he's going to be a really solid camp arm, and I think that he's going to end up being severely better than uh, Tutty Sud. Sorry, Ev. And I, I feel like it would just be really interesting to have him. I mean, we have to go against a lot of athletic quarterbacks for the next couple of years. So if you cannot have Jalen Hurts running around during practice and you can have Jamin Newman, that is an awesome value. I mean, I remember when we versed the Cardinals, um, uh, Jalen Hurts was starting by then. And they're like, oh, look, Greg, like, what are you using, Greg Ward at quarterback for the practice squad? It's like, no, you have Jamie Newman out there now. So exactly. he, he's a nice pick with a lot of upside. It's going to be really interesting. Like, the, his likeness was Jacoby Brissett, and you could see why Sirianni was interested in that. I think that he could be better than him. He has a really high ceiling. His floor is just a little shaky because you've never seen him with the right players. Mm-hmm. This kid's going to be a stud, dude. I think if you're talking about trading someone for a value, this could be it. And let's say, I don't even want to put that out there, but if things don't work out, we'll just say with someone, this kid is a nice – I'm seriously, I like this kid so much. You talk about his size, a monster, dude, and he's got easy, the dual easy, credibility. Easy. But, he, dude, he's got a rocket. Look at the zip he throws on his ball, man. Like this you're, about get, you're, about, you're about to get naked on the timeline. <laughs> I is will do it right four? now. Is he 6'4"? I mean, Brook has got him listed at 6'2". Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think he's 6'2". Six, he's six but, I mean, he's a beast. Look at him out there. And yeah. I think, you know, I'm not sitting here saying this guy's a starter right now. He's going to take a couple years of coaching. Like we talked about, uh, me and Chris just mentioned, <laughs> the talent around him was sucked, dude. So it's kind of hard to gauge what he really was. Um, so we'll see what he's got and what a great commodity he's going to be in practice. Yes, sir. Hey, man. They all look good in shorts, but can they do it on the football field? Uh, I mean, overall, I mean, uh, I mean, I know, I know, I know we don't have anything on. If you do have anything on our last um, UDFA, was it Osborne? Jamon Osborne, Jamon, we don't even have a, a position for him. That's how little we have on him. Yeah, <laughs> wide receiver. <laughs> Uh, he laughs Come like on, everything. Uh, I mean, when he's getting pressed, he gets his ass kicked. He doesn't have speed. They, mm-hmm. uh, There's a lot of knocks on him. But one thing I did see, one of the scouts, I was trying to look stuff up on him. They kind of compared him to a Zach Pascal. You know, he's the master of none, you know. But he's got a little bit of everything. And uh, I really don't have much to say about him because I honestly, I was like, oh, that's one of those guys I saw in the mock drafts. And you're like, I'm not taking him. Uh, but He's undrafted free agent for us now. And if he is one of those guys that can come in and be – one thing I remember was he was reliable catching the ball. So kind of a Greg Ward kind of vibe. So, sure, another guy to add to the competition. Adam says Matt Collins for uh, for Grimes. No, no shot. Jesus. Was it? Matt Collins well, I mean, only had like 20 targets his senior year. The one thing you – the thing about like – Mac Hollins was known as like the special teams guy. He's special teams demon. Like, and we drafted him what fourth round. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. And it was like, when I pick, I was like, bro, like, and then, then he's like, oh, well, you know, him wanting to play special teams. And like, it was that whole shit was weird. I mean, he did the backpack dance. Well, this guy does return the ball. He plays special teams there. He returns it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's weird when you see a guy that's not fast like that. Yeah. I mean, we, we we could, uh, you know, we, we we could be talking for about another half hour on the hour and a half mark. Uh, if you're here at 100, I mean, hour and 30, 30, 33 minutes into the podcast, I salute you for being a draft nerd. 
I salute <laughs> you for doing your homework. Um, you know, but I, overall, I mean, the 2021 draft class is officially in the books. Uh, let me just show this graphic again because it took me so long. Uh, I mean, this is these are your guys for now. These are your guys uh, going into this offseason. We got the we got the wide receiver one. We have the future uh, offensive lineman number one. Uh, we have some some role players. We have some leaders of men. Six of nine of those guys are captains. Uh, we have a one thumper in there. So uh, hey man, one hey, second. We, got... we forgot Harry Kreider. I believe the name was the kid out of Indiana. We added uh, yeah, interior lineman. Um, good. We're good. He, can, another team captain. Can. He played basketball, wrestling, a versatile guy again. Um, yeah, so that was another one we just added a little bit ago. Go check the list. You'll you'll see it. Uh, no one cares about UDFA. face. Just but anyway, just Grimes. No, no one cares about any UDFAs except for Grimes. Uh, but uh, for me and the guys, man, uh, we will see you guys in the next one. And as always, fly Eagles, fly. Eagles.